0: How to Create a Glitch – The Complete Series Chapter 7 – The Gateway This is the fourth volume on the subject of how to create glitches in The Matrix. This volume will focus on some of the more esoteric concepts suggested by the first book in the series and will build upon the ideas contained in that book. Suffice it to say, this volume will be more difficult to understand and will require a review of the previous volumes to make the ideas more accessible to the reader. I will follow the same basic structure of the previous books and will include some diagrams to assist the reader in understanding the content. To begin, it is necessary to introduce a new concept into the subject matter to properly explain the ideas and techniques that I am going to put forward in this volume. To understand this concept, you must conceive again of a reality in which one exists in a kind of intersubjective space created by our expectations and the conjoining expectations of others. This intersubjectivity permits us to step into, or move in proximity to others without necessarily existing within their state of mind. Nevertheless, one can escape this intersubjectivity by stepping out of one's expectation field, through the preparatory and other methods explained in the previous volumes. Stepping out of one's expectation field preserves oneself in a kind of bubble universe, wherein one might observe the unusual. In this state, one might perceive that reality seems to mirror one's thoughts, or that it seems out of time like a cog in a watch which has popped out of its lodgings. It is in such a state that one might observe many glitches in everyday life. But that is not the whole of the story. For in our intersubjectivity, there are lessons to be learned. And those lessons will be the subject of this volume. The main concept I want to explore is that of a gateway. A gateway is an intersection point between two disparate selves within the intersubjective matrix reality. A gateway can be of nine different forms, which will be the subject matter of the next chapter. But, for this chapter, it is sufficient to know and accept that a common feeling about anything creates a gateway between two observing minds. For example, let's say that two individuals are watching the same television program. They are experiencing some aspect of reality in parallel. This creates a linkage between their intersubjective subjectivity. That linkage is like a port in a computer. It is a passageway that allows for the exchange of common thoughts and feelings in their unconscious minds. Now, gateways are important for a couple of reasons. First of all, they produce synchronicity. Second of all, they can be exploited to produce glitches in reality. Third of all, there are higher forms of gateways that can be opened, leading to an even more unusual experience of reality. How do gateways produce synchronicity? A gateway always precedes a random encounter between two people. Every intersection is compelled by the existence of these linkages between us. It may be something completely unrelated to the conversation or nature of the interaction which results. But nevertheless, there will ultimately be some connection between the preceding thoughts, feelings of two individuals who meet in a random encounter. Let me give you an example two people meet in a coffee shop by accident. One asks another to borrow his or her pen. What they don't know is that the reason they are both in that coffee shop at that particular time is because the day before they were both shopping for cars and admired the same model, make. Part of the fun of truly random encounters between people is finding the linkage that drew them together. Learning to search one's mind for these linkages is part of predicting them. Once one perceives that one's thoughts may cause the truly random, one can use this knowledge to think in a new way. One can work backwards from the encounter and find the thought or feeling that induced it. Once one has developed this sense, it becomes easier to see that in fact nothing is truly random, no encounter, no outcome, and that everything is set in place ahead of us. Once one has perceived this, It becomes possible to see how the tangential action can succeed in producing the truly unusual. For synchronicity is something that must be escaped to see the truth, not embraced, not permanently mind you, but for a time here and there. The second point outlined in my earlier paragraph requires further exposition. To explain this point, I will use the example I raised earlier of a port in a computer. There are a few ways to produce lag in a computer game. I'll give you a few examples. One, you can overload the game with data. Two, you can have an intermittent connection. As I likened these gateways to ports, imagine for a second that you desired to produce lag in reality. How would you go about doing that? First of all, it might not be possible to overload the connection. However, it is possible to manipulate the connection so it is intermittent. This is one of the goals of glitching. As explained in the first volume of these books, there are some techniques which make glitches or the unusual more likely. One such example given in the first volume was that of inopportune, mirroring, in social situations. This works as follows. Mirroring someone produces a gateway because it produces a common orientation in space relative to some object as well as continuity between your actions and theirs. What if you could open and close the gateway just as you would open and close the port? Mirroring someone in a social situation when it would be inappropriate and not mirroring them when it is appropriate, alternating between mirroring and not mirroring, once the pattern is formed, breaking it, has the effect of increasing the social latency of the interaction. This is very much like opening and closing of a port in a computer. But there are myriad ways to produce gateways in a social setting just as there are myriad ways to eliminate them one must learn to produce common feelings when they don't exist and eliminate them when they do this can be done spatially through mirroring or relative to an object or it can be done by conformity with common expectations and reactions to the environment very much like in the previous volume where the individual refused to remove his jacket in a warm room utilizing social expectations and reactions to produce consonants or discontinuities between one's actions and others, repeatedly, has the effect of producing the unusual. Finally, there are, hidden, gateways which exist within our consciousness, which we can open to experience a different kind of reality. These are called the esoteric gates and are the subject of the final chapter of this volume. Gateways have a hierarchy which corresponds to the intersection points between our mind and others. There are nine forms of gateways, five corresponding to our bodies and four corresponding to our minds. Below, you will see the five spatial gateways. These are the gateways which correspond to our bodies and how our bodies intersect with others in the intersubjective space. First is the gateway of spatial location. Individuals who exist in a similar point in space experience reality to some degree the same way. Spatial location includes both orientation in space and position in space. The closer one's orientation and position in space, the greater the overlap between two individuals' subjective experience of reality. Second, is the voice. The voice expresses our emotion and through emphasis, meaning. It is through our voices that we express complex ideas and emotions to others. It is through our voice that we telegraph to the world how we feel in general and specifically how we feel about what we and others have said. It reveals the ''tension'' level in our bodies, which is also important. Third, is body posture. Body posture reflects how we have oriented ourselves in space physically. It also has an expressive component by underscoring our emotional reactions and through body language both our conscious and unconscious emotional states. Fourth, is the face, eyes, ears and nose. This is the primary contact point between our expression and others. It is through our face that we express our emotions and our reactions. It is how we sense the world around us. Our eyes telegraph to the world what we are seeing. What our subjectivity is focused on. They also betray relevant human qualities such as attention. Fifth, are the hands. The hands possess utility both through the possession of objects and the expression of complex ideas and concepts. Our hands are carriers of emotional tension. Now, these basic five levels do not in and of themselves exist as gateways, rather, they are the carriers of meaning and feeling. And through that agency, produce gateways between minds. Any one of them either a represents a feeling or b represents some coordinate of our experience of our subjective reality at a given time. And in so doing, they represent the key mediums through which we are able to intersect with others in the intersubjective space. Now, there are also four additional gateways which correspond to the mind. These gateways relate to how we feel relative to ideas and concepts. This is important because a gateway can just as easily be created with an idea as it can with a physical object. I'll describe each in turn. First, the emotional is the contact point between our minds and the spatial reality we experience. It corresponds to our bare emotional reaction to something whether physical or intellectual. It has a basic vocabulary which corresponds to the emotions we all know. Second, is the archetypal, which corresponds to the essential, roles, of human sociality, such as mother, father, sister, brother, uncle, as well as roles within a community such as hunter, fisherman, shepherd, and roles within a social dynamic, such as joker, fool, etc. There are many archetypes but they are finite, The bedrock of human sociality preserved by thousands of generations, across societies and cultures. Third, there is the symbolic. This corresponds to symbolic objects and reasoning. It also includes idealization of archetypes. Anything can be a symbol of something, but many are simply of opposing orientations. Finally, there is the esoteric, which incorporates the symbolic. The esoteric is the most important form of gateway because it permits one access to a different kind of reality once opened. It will be the subject of the next chapter.